did Alec Murdoch confess? I, they, tomato, tomato? Well, one family member of the uh, victims of the alleged killer, Brian Koberger, well, they don't want the ultimate penalty. Alec Baldwin will be formally charged today. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. You got to listen to this one. Let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Leave me a comment below and hit that little bell so you receive notifications. And remember, you can listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps as well. And guess what? Well, we got to pay the bills, so we have a sponsor today. Go ahead and check them out and support them because they support Crime Talk. Like many Americans, we got a dog during the pandemic. My quarantine dog, Miss Winnie the Bulldog. Now, Miss Winnie has grown accustomed to being around us all the time. When we were leaving the house, Winnie would have extreme anxiety, so we decided to look for natural products to help with her anxiety. We looked for the highest quality CBD treats, and we were not satisfied, and neither was Winnie. So we created a high-quality CBD product that absorbs faster and provides the required results faster. Baked in Colorado CBD treats and beverage enhancers are made with nanotechnology. The nanotechnology makes the CBD extraction more pure, also allows for Baked in Colorado products to work faster. Baked in Colorado products can help reduce your pet's anxiety, ease joint pain, and help with your dog's skin problems. Go to our online store and see what Baked in Colorado product is best for your dog. When you order at bakedincolorado.com, enter code WINNIE and receive 15% off your first order. We have a 30-day money-back guarantee. If your dog does not experience the desired results in 30 days, return the product and we will refund your money. No questions asked. Let's go ahead and open the record for today's docket, January 31st, 2023. And first on the docket, did Alec Murdoch confess? Well, I don't know. Uh, we'll play it for you, but Alex Murdoch's defense attorneys uh, went after the cop who claimed that he heard Alec Murdoch say, I did him so bad three days after the murder, which he's now accused of, of his wife and son. Now, the defense attorney, Jim Griffin, uh, went through it pretty thoroughly with special agent Jeff Croft over why, if he heard a statement which sounded like a confession, you didn't follow up, ask anybody to explain what that meant? No. And Griffin even played the audio back to jurors at one-third speed and claimed that the cop had actually misheard what Alec Murdoch was allegedly saying and that he, in fact, said they did him so bad. Well, because you need to decide, let's go ahead and take a listen. Here is it at normal speed. Today is, is tough. <laughs> It's just so bad. I did it so bad. It's just so bad. I did it so bad. And here is the audio at one third speed. It's just so bad. I did it so bad. It's just so bad. I did it so bad. Was it I did him so bad or they did him so bad? You decide leave me a comment below. Was it a confession or were there other reasonable, plausible explanations for what that meant? So Jim Griffin went on and said, why did you ask him right then and there when he said, I did him so bad, why didn't you ask him, hey, Alec, what do you mean? 
Special Agent Croft claimed he uh, made a mental note of it. But the defense attorney told jurors that in the subsequent interview, the detectives never asked Mr. Murdoch to clarify what he meant. And he was also not arrested on that day either. Now, yesterday, Alec Murdoch shook his head uh, pretty defiantly and told his legal team, I did not say that, as the uh, special agent testified uh, yesterday. Now, Murdoch is accused, obviously, of shooting his wife, Maggie, and his son, Paul, at their 1,700-acre hunting lodge there in uh, South Carolina on uh, June 7th of 2021. Now, I have no idea what a 1,700-acre hunting lodge goes for, and I doubt I have the uh, funds on hand to uh, buy it, but it sounds like a uh, great hunting lodge, other than, of course, two people recently uh, passed away there. Now, the defense attorneys continued and said, if Mr. Murdoch was so central to the investigation, such as a significant statement, and it didn't attract an immediate response from investigators, how reliable was it? Well, the special agent said it was early in the investigation. It was more of an information gathering interview. And we didn't have any information at that time to challenge anything what Alec Murdoch was telling us. Now, Griffin then stated you never followed up on that statement, telling the jurors that in the subsequent interview on August 11th, it was never raised during that interview. In fact, during the interview with Croft and another agent, they go on to discuss the funeral arrangements with an agent Owens appearing to sympathize with Murdoch over the media intrusion and the treatment of Paul. So did Murdoch just say, I did him so bad? And the response to that was basically, the media doesn't deserve to be there. In a final assault, the defense played the recording, as I said, at one-third speed, stressing that Croft must have misheard his client. Did you hear they? The, the defense attorney asked. And of course, the agent said, no, I did not, sir. Like you really thought he was going to? Yes, I get it. Great moment, but it could backfire on you. Either the jury's going to say, nope, didn't hear it either. Or yes, it's a great moment for the defense because everyone else says, they heard they, and we go from there. So we'll have to wait and see. Then uh, Griffin began questioning Agent Croft uh, about evidence he gave about weapons and ammunition seized from the Murdoch estate, known as Moselle. Uh, Griffin asked, have you ever found the murder weapon to your knowledge? Not that I'm aware of, Special Agent Croft replied. Griffin then questioned Croft about whether any steel shot shotgun ammunition, you know, the shot that blew Paul's head off, was that recovered from the property? Croft confirmed that he found no steel shot during his search of the estate on June 8th or subsequent searches as well. And then jurors heard Murdoch's second interview with the police. The first time he was questioned was on the night of the uh, homicides when he uh, broke down in sobs and described in uh, detail what he saw in regards to, well, what remained of his son's brain housing group. Uh, prosecutors described their case as a puzzle in the last week's opening statement. And then while cross-examining witnesses, defense attorneys have asked questions suggesting that the puzzle pieces either aren't clear or prosecutors aren't putting them all on the table. Now, the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, affectionately known as SLED, um, they also had Special Agent Melinda Worley testify uh, late last week about photographs of the bodies, shotgun pellets, and DNA swabs from the scene, as well as clothes and fingernail clippings from the autopsies. And then on cross-examination, the defense attorneys were able to hone in on several items, including identifying footprints, 
one of Worley's specialties. She told him one of the footprints in the blood near the Murdoch's son, Paul, was was shot, came from a deputy, which means that somebody contaminated the crime scene. The defense attorneys ask, is that preservation of your scene that, you know, rises to your standards? And, uh, well, Miss Worley res- responded, no. All right, the trial continues. I'm telling you, it's getting good. This is really good lawyering. It, we're, we're talking good lawyering on both sides. This is a battle. And um, I, I'm going to admit it, I'm not a big fan of Alec Murdoch. Makes attorneys look bad when he starts stealing all their money. But I'm not sure, even if you're a thief, that necessarily makes you a murderer. Right now, you know, the prosecution's not done yet, but they need to step it up. Let me know what you think. And remember, watch the entire trial. Next, Brian Koberger. He may be getting a little help from somebody. That's right. The mother of one of the University of Idaho stabbing victims says that she wants suspect Brian Koberger to pay for what he's done. But she doesn't believe in the ultimate penalty, the death penalty. She says that that's not who I am. She doesn't believe in the death penalty, but believes that Mr. Koberger should spend the rest of their life in prison. Who said this? Kara Northington, mother of Zena Kernodal. And uh, Kernodal has, uh, now Koberger, has uh, not entered a plea yet. His next court date is set in the end of June, June 26th to be exact. That is for the preliminary hearing. So as you may recall, Ms. Northington was also the woman that was being represented by the public defender who is now representing Mr. Koberger. Conflict, not conflict. Check out our previous videos where we discuss that. We'll see if the court's going to make a ruling on that or if somebody's even going to raise the issue. It certainly will be raised as an issue down the road, so it might as well be addressed now so that the appropriate findings of facts and conclusions of law can be dealt with. Guess what? Alec Baldwin is going to be officially charged today. That's right. He is set to be formally charged with felony charges of involuntary manslaughter regarding the shooting of the Rust cinematographer Helena Hutchins. Now, Alec Baldwin will be charged alongside with the film's weapon supervisor, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, over the deaths in 2021 on the rehearsal for the uh, Western movie set Rust. The Santa Fe District Attorney, Mary Carmack Altwise, has outlined two sets of involuntary manslaughter charges in connection with the shooting against Baldwin and the uh, uh, weapons supervisor, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed. The district attorney said through a spokesperson that her office will release the charging documents and a statement of probable cause outlining the evidence in their case. As we all know, that's a good preview of what is to come. Now, involuntary manslaughter can involve a killing while a defendant is doing something lawful but dangerous and acting negligently or without reasonable caution. And the prosecutor has cited a pattern of criminal disregard for safety on the set of Rust. And prosecutors also said that they are going to release the terms of the signed plea agreement with assistant director David Holes, who oversaw safety on the set. Participants in the rehearsal have given conflicting accounts of who handed the gun to Alec Baldwin. Halls has agreed to plead guilty in the negligent use of a deadly weapon. Previous witnesses have said that Halls handed Baldwin the gun and that he declared it a cold gun despite the presence of live ammunition in the chamber. Now, in December, there was a deposition taken in regards to 
uh, an investigation by the New Mexico Occupational Health and Safety Bureau, where Hall denied giving Baldwin the gun, saying that he gave it to Gutierrez Reed. He also accused Gutierrez Reed of declaring a cold gun, and Halls also compared the deaths of Hutchinson as something comparable to a plane crash in that it wasn't necessarily one person's fault, but rather a series or systems of failures throughout the process that ultimately led to the dangerous result. Halls also stated in the deposition that he had no recollection of saying cold gun, adding, I have no recollection of Hannah saying it either. Involuntary manslaughter um, in regards to negligence is a fourth degree felony punishable by up to 18 months in prison and a $5,000 fine under New Mexico law. The second charge of manslaughter charges alleged recklessness with a provision that could result in a mandatory five years in prison because the offense was committed with a firearm. Now, once charges have been filed, Baldwin will be issued a summons but he's not going to have to go to New Mexico for his first appearance. Instead, he is being permitted to appear via WebEx before a judge, obviously, virtually. Now, we will bring you all of that, and if it is televised, we will bring it to you as well. It's going to be an interesting case. I've done, basically, this case before. It all depends on the jury that you get, and you know, had some good conversations with attorneys as well as people in the acting industry that would basically say, hey, if somebody hands me a gun, they say it's a cold gun, they're going to rely upon it. Other people say, no, it's a firearm. You should double, double check. I guess that's ultimately a question for a jury to decide. And finally today, our dumb criminal of the day who may be up there in the leagues, maybe the greatest of all time, perhaps. An unidentified thief in Washington um, is an idiot. Let's just put it that way. Uh, what did he do, you might ask? Well, let's just jump to the second part first. He took a dump in a community center sink, and that was the second dumb thing that he did. Right. That's right, second. For the first part, you know, defecating in a community center sink would be the dumbest thing we've ever done in our entire lives. But no, not this guy. The dumb criminal hall of fame worthy event for sure is the crime occurred at a community center in Tukwila, Washington. Now, the uh, phantom pooper uh, may be the Northwest's most mysterious criminal since maybe, I don't know, that guy, D.B. Cooper, that jumped out of an airplane after stealing a bunch of money, maybe. The police say that the unidentified individual broke into the community center's administrative office and stole an iPad and a charging cable and a laptop. Then the thief left their calling card, which was the little surprise in the sink. Now, whether it was malicious or a, um, you know, unintentional uh, act of desperation, leaving the gift in the community center sink will maybe be unknown until they are actually apprehended. But the police acknowledged that the thief left behind some significant DNA that they will sample and they will use that to hunt them down. What's really going to be their downfall is when they logged into the stolen Apple iPad is that they use their own Apple iCloud account. That's dumb. That's dumb. And taking a dump in somebody's sink, well, that's just gross. So the person is gross and dumb. Anyway, no arrest has been made in this case just yet but uh, they will always get their man dumb. I don't know how to say it. Maybe greatest of all time dumb. Stealing something, logging in with your own 
personal account, and then defecating. I mean, that's just an aggravating factor beyond belief, isn't it? Anyway, that's all I have for today. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time on Crime Talk.